You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League. We are an NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host TK and the boys are in the house. G'day Andy. How are we together, Corby? Geez, shamozzle. The judiciary <laughs> just happened and it has hurt all of us. Yeah, I'm crying still. Corby, g'day, mate. Hello, boys. The suit didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> You're the you worst lawyer good. ever. Uh, it looks like a really fresh suit. So, look, geez, it mustn't have liked it. It must have been the haircut for sure. <laughs> but we've got plenty to talk about tonight. All the team lists has just, you know, absolutely just came through and just run through us. And we've got more judiciary. Might get some more judiciary news while we're actually doing the podcast. For those that don't know, Paul Momorowski's been found guilty three weeks straight off the bat. But we'll go through all the team lists, the burning issues, and we'll also answer your questions tonight. If we have time, we'll also go through a bit of weird shit that happens in your chat group. So we'll see what the time, if we've got time for that. But we'll go straight for team list, boys. Now, the major team changes today. Penrith, Appy Corusau, and Dylan Edwards, they're back on an extended bench. South Sydney, Alex Johnson named at fullback. Dane Gagai is unfortunately pushed to a wing. Colin, Keon Kolomatungi, he's back on a starting at an edge position. Ryan Madison, he's been named on an extended bench for Parramatta. For those who've been tricked, Will Penasini is not debuting. Well, he's actually named in um, the New South Wales Cup, Ryan Madison. There you go. Maybe that's yeah. his future. Brisbane have announced oh. new signing Danny Levi as the bench number 14. The Sharkies, Sean Johnson's back at number 15 on the bench. No way, Graham. Josh Dugan back and Will Chambers on an extended bench. The Raiders, Ricky has just absolutely torn through them. Josh Papali dropped to a bench. Joseph Tarpany to an extended bench. And season debuts for the two Corys, Corey Hawira Naira and also Corey Horsborough, as predicted by us on the Sunday show. Tom Starling starts for Josh Hodson, who is out two for three weeks, but there is actually a rumour that that is a G up and he is actually dropped. And the Tigers, Ooh. Michael Cheekham comes into a centre position. The Roosters, Sam Verrills returns for his first game back from an ACL injury. The Dragons, Blake Laurie, he returns from his cork. Trent Marin rubbing out of the 17. The Storm is going to hurt everyone. Ryan Puppenhausen, he is out, replaced by a very capable replacement in Nico Hines. Dale Finucane makes his first game of the season as the number 17 on the 17. The Warriors, Jack Murchie, is actually named as a starting centre with Marcelo Montoya. And Bailey Sirian returns, while the two young guns, Reese Walsh and Tom Hale, are on the extended bench. Boys, we wanted a bit of a cheeky team list. We finally got one, eh? Jeez, we got one. Surely that Jake yeah. Murch, Jack Murchie is a smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I think so as well. But, boys, let's rip in. Burning questions. There's plenty of owners of Jake Turpin, as you are, Andy. That news of Danny Levi entering the Brisbane Broncos and also placed straight onto the interchange band at number 14. What are you thinking? Is this sell signal? I think so, yeah. I, I, I would probably wait a week um, purely because I don't know how how uh, Kevy wants to play Levi. Um, you can, I can I can see him probably playing the last 20 minutes or something like that. But mm. yeah, Terps has been a solid defender with 48 tackles per game. But he hasn't been offering much in attack. So he's got 30 metres, run metres per game, and uh, 68 kicking metres. So look, in saying that, I don't really rate Lever that highly either. So it's I'm just going to wait a week before I start stressing about um, my Turpin stocks. Yeah, for sure. Now, the biggest name on the list, Corbs, is Little Parp's shoulder injury. He's also going to be a likely origin selection. So are they set sell signals for you? Yeah, well, I... I was sort of expecting this to happen when we talked to Physio Phil because he said it's an AC joint. It's not going to get better unless you rest it. And if you've got Nico Hines there and you can afford to rest him, why wouldn't you? Like, why mm. play on and do further damage? So, like, it's oh, – I sort of seen it coming, to be honest. It hurt me. Um, but, yeah, I've got a few issues. I'm still waiting on a few decisions to be made at judiciary. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Chaos. Um, but he's made 200 grand too, right, Corb? So if Latrell kind of gets off and gets a week or something, it's nearly a, a situation where Pup's nearly – he has to be the one to go. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, oh, I've got a question that comes up where I'll sort of cover that, so I'll just leave it for then. Okay, perfect. Now, the next guy, Dane Gagai, unfortunately, he's been absolutely killing it at the centres this year for the Rabbitohs. He's averaging 49, but 
having a look at his numbers from last year, again, he when he played about 10 games at centre, he averaged 47. Back on the wing, he averages 34. So there's no doubt that someone that's going to be a, someone not going great out of this whole Latrell possibly missing a few games and Probably going to be Dane Gagai, especially with some injuries. Josh Mantor is out for four weeks, tore his hamstring. So he might have to, unfortunately for owners, and it would have been a really good pickup, especially if you got him in that round two or three. Unfortunately, you're probably going to have to ride it out. Right, fellas? It's, uh, it's a bit poo for him. And look, like you said, he, he loves those, get his hands on the ball, like maybe in the late, in the other opposite opponent's 30. Mm. And he's not going to do that on the wing. He's just going to be there on his wing. And loves those crab walks. So if they're set in positions, he's going to lose a lot of attack in that winger spot. Yeah, totally like, agree. Sorry, I'll say too. Sorry, like yeah, the Titans. If you got a game plan, who are you kicking to? Gagai or Jackson Paulo? Yeah. So I don't think he'll get many run meters back as well. Yeah, exactly mm. right. All right, moving on. Next one, Andy Sam Verrills. Great to see him back, and he's back in the starting role now. His replacement is back on the interchange bench, which will probably mean that he won't play eighty minutes. Probably close to maybe fifty-five, sixty, but. Cheap, mate. He's really cheap. Is he in your sights? Yeah, he is in my sights. Not for this week, but um, the Roosters will 100% easy, man. Coming off those um, those uh, prolonged ACL injuries and the mm. scar tissue damage. Um, uh, with the Roosters, I think they do want to play that 80-minute hooker, mm. but just with Verrills, like, he hasn't really played 80, 80 uh, for about a year. He played five games in 2019. He averaged 51 points. So 2020 didn't really play 80 minutes. So there is a danger he hasn't done it for a while, So which which means he would have, like you said, that 60 minutes. Um, and with Ben Marsh, he's a bit of a rookie as well. So I don't know if he'll be the 14th man option because they'd rather have like a Lockie Lamb who can play half, who can play mm. hooker as well, and he's back soon as well. So with Lockie Lamb being the 14th man coming up, uh, Verrill's 80 minutes prospects gets damaged. Um, so, yeah, but look, with the, yeah, that cheap, it's it's worth a shot, I guess. Like, just see how he goes this week, so many minutes he plays, and then, yeah, it could be a bit of a, a slow burn cash cow. Yeah, downside's not that much. Now, Tarpany, he's one of my boys, and Ricky Short took a cleaner through him, and it's right. So, ever since he's come back from that ankle injury, he's been pretty terrible because he started the season on fire. He was the best lock in the game after round two, but. Yeah, that that mojo just lost. But in terms of options for for owners, I'd have a look at today. Probably, I'm eyeing off Peachy because Peachy's got that jewel, and I think that's probably something that can help owners of tapping. Lucky it's only two percent, so thank God I didn't influence too many people really. <laughs> but other people, Tui Kamakamika, he's come on my radar too at five hundred and eighteen k. I'll go. I'll go into more detail because I got a question about him in the Q and A, and also Matty Lodge. He's been firing up 396k. So there's there's plenty of options. Even Jazzy to, to Varga, just looking at maybe a couple more games if he gets those minutes. But yeah, there's there's plenty of options up between Jazz Lodge and Tui. So don't don't freak out too much if if you're an owner of Joe Tarpany. But stick on the Raiders, Corbs. Now the two Corys, and we mentioned them at the top of the show. Both Corey Hiranaranara and Corey Horsborough, they're both back on to the interchange. We've talked about them briefly on Sunday, but now that they're actually our official corps, are they on your hit list? Uh, they're not on my hit list until I see them starting. I don't think it's a bad thing if they keep coming off the bench because they might reduce in price a little. These two have been lighting it up in the fantasy stats for the Reggie comp. Um, I think they'll realise how much they miss them. Uh, CHN, he, he's attack. They've been lacking a little bit of strike. They just haven't had much. Uh, he's got a, plenty of aggression. So, yeah, they're, but, uh, they're good players, so you can't keep them out, I don't think. Mm. But, yeah, until they get a start, I'm not looking at them. Yeah, fair call. Uh, All right, guys, that was team lists. Now, before we move on, we've got plenty of DPP changes as well. Colin Matangi, he picks up an edge position. Uh, Adam Dewey picks up a half position. Josh Schuster, edge. Christian Crichton, uh, sorry, Christian Crichton. Stephen Crichton picks up wing fullback. Nira Cora, he picks up a centre. Papa Lee, he's a mid and edge now. Matty Burden, a half and centre. And Lee Mululu from the Cowboys, a wing fullback and also centre. So there's what, eight changes to those DPPs. They're also on the social media. So just check it out at Talking League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Talking League One. It's all on there. Before we keep going, Q&A, we've been getting all these from the social medias. They have been coming in thick and fast too. So, yeah, thank you to everyone that has sent in a question. But you can also be on the hotline as well, 
7947. Shooter's got one tonight. And also, I keep forgetting, Apple Reviews, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a review as well, they'll be most appreciated. But before, before we rip in, why don't we have a bit of a laugh, and I'll play this to you. Yeah, g'day guys, it's um, Jaden here. I've been having a chat with TK recently and uh, we decided to have a chat about um, what's, what's spoken about in your group chats. So one thing I've noticed in uh, my league and TK sort of agrees as well is people have got a really bad habit of conceding early as a reverse psychology way of, of uh, getting one up on your opponent or basically making their players go worse than they, worse than they should or worse than their averages. Uh, a good example of this happened to me the other day. I've been going not too bad this year. I'm only a head-to-head player. Um, strictly only care about the glory of, of my competition uh, rather than overall. I did place second overall for the month of March, which was surprising, and got myself a nice little NRL gift voucher. Had I known that the prizes were a 1000 bucks for first, I may have used those extra three trades that I sat on, but it is what it is. But uh, my head-to-head opponent uh, that week sent me a message before a ball was even kicked off the tee saying congratulations on the win this week mate and he's trying to put the mocker on me straight away and I know because I've done this many times before but I woke up that morning Latrell Mitchell had scored a 90 plus and got him um, straight off to a good start I did actually belt him for the week so it it didn't work Um, but we want to know what happens in your group chat it could be uh which NRL host is the best looking, who you can't stand on commentary, uh, who's got the best multis in the group. Um, I know quite a few people actually get up to um, pulling out the voodoo dolls on people and um, which one of the players in your league um, has got the ability to curse players. So let us know, boys. Cheers. Cheers for that, Jaden. That's a really good start, but that's what we want to know. So hit the hotline or send us a tweet or DM us. We want to know what's the stupidest things that you guys do in your group chat. <laughs> Who do you think the main culprit in our one? Ronnie's pretty bad, Justin. There'd be a couple. I um, went in a run of – I was sick of everyone just sort of um, pleading the, the loss or good win. So last year or so I went of a bit of a – that's it. I'm just going to be cocky. And just sort of go for it, and it worked for a good. I think seven times in a row, I was the co- I was the most lippiest person in the group, and it kept working. So, I went the other way completely. But um, I think yeah, you got to bring it back, Andy, win. considering you're one and five. To, <laughs> yeah, I might have to just just go hell lippy this week because I've got a chance. I've got to try something. <laughs> I do like that, but yeah, I want to know all the unusual things that you do. But in your super coach chats, Corbs, do you have any unusual little things happening, or are they more respectful? Nah, there's oh, there's plenty of banter. Just um, I got one the other night after a bloke, Captain Ponga, just saying, "Are you a bit nervous?" So uh, it was more just a bit of banter and whatnot. But uh, the conceding one is I've never seen it as bad as our draft, chat. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm pretty bad for it. I mean, this week I've got about three in the judicial injury list, so I'll. Yeah, you'll probably see it again. <laughs> Sometimes you've seen it literally like 401 after TLT. Ah, uh, you've got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the best ones. All right, boys, you've got plenty of questions to rip into, so let's start. First one, Louis Hakel, he says, Andy, should I be a seller of Junior Paulo and who could I replace him with? Yeah, look, Louis, um, I think he's looking like a sell. Uh, in his first three games this year, he had 10 tackle breaks and eight offloads in total. And his last three games, he had three tackle breaks and four offloads with also reduced minutes. So uh, there was a significant drop in tackle breaks and offloads across the board for Parramatta. So uh, they, either their game plan changed to suit certain teams or they maybe decided to play a different style. But either way, he's, uh, he's just dropping too much in price and mm. – well, 20, 27 points the week before, 30 or something um, this week. It's just it's just too low, consistent low. And like it really hurts me because I talked him up <laughs> pre-season from the phantom point minutes that he's going to be playing. The Parramatta Enforcer, uh, Brad Arthur, said in inverted quotes. So, yeah, that's, I think he's a sell for me. And I'm, I, I, if I didn't have to trade so many players out this week to, to field a team, I, I'd be looking to sell him as well. Cool. Any players in particular? Uh, to pick to replace for him? Yeah. 
you can go TPJ um, or you can go a, a like for like. I was I think he's playing six hundred, um, six hundred. Oh no, he's actually less now. He's six hundred five k. So it's it's TPJ. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, he's just he's just hurting me. That's all. Okay, you seem depressed. We'll move on. Corby, Rich Martin, he wants to know, I need a good middle and wing fullback. Cash isn't an issue. You know, he's got Little and SST, Takihaho, and he wants to trade it to Torhu and Turbo. What are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can punt Tiko and Little, I think they're definitely ready to go. And Torhu and Turbo, I would for sure. I think, did he also have a bit in here, think, do you think Papali, Papali? Yeah, uh, we'll get a starting spot. Surely he's better than Lane. Um, well, I don't know. Lane did have a good game on the weekend, but if, mm. you, if you're tossing up the Papali in there as well, I still think you'll go Tohu just because you know that he's guaranteed that role and that spot with the Warriors. He's only got five points difference in average. He's a little bit, uh, maybe another 20K in price over Papali. Um, and Papali's had plenty of attacking stats. Tohu's just a workhorse. So... Yeah, I would definitely if you can make that both good and I would be going Tohu. That's a that's very good trades. Yeah, I like that as well. Now next one, uh, Kenny Robertson, he asks, is what's the job security for Josh Curran? I'll take this one, boys, and I think by the day it's getting better and better, especially considering that Fanua Blake has pushed their best edge player in Tohu Harris into the middle. But I think the biggest thing is just having a look at today. He did play eighty minutes against the Dragons, but Bailey Siren and he's back from injury, hasn't forced him out of the starting team. You think Ben Murdoch Masilli doesn't really have that that starting edge sort of fitness in him. So even though he's been named in that number twelve or eleven, I think he'll drop back to the bench as well. Ellie Catal is an interesting one because they dropped him to reserve grade intentionally, but Nathan Brown has indicated he is coming back shortly. And then the other guy was Jack Murchie as his main competition, and he's been named in the Senate. So you'd have to think it's his job to lose at the moment, but realistically, he is a young player on the rise. There is probably better players that are currently out, but realistically, like I said, he's doing a good job. And while they win, I think it's a good one. And I guess the downside's not too much as well if you pick him up. So it could be a nice little cheapie, but just... Just be careful because depending on if the Warriors lose, he could be straight out of the team as well. But I don't think you've got much much to lose on that side. So nice little pickup. Now, next one, Corby. And I kind of talk to Harris again with Scotty Weira Hanna. Now, he wants to know who's the better trade, Payne Haas or Tohu Harris? Yeah, I think I sort of answered it before. Tohu hasn't hit below 60, doesn't look like slowing down, all of the above from what I mentioned before. Haas is not getting his same minutes and he's got a break even of 78 heading into this round. Still bleeding points and cash, so I'd wait till he bottoms out. Totally agree. Now, next one. This guy's got a ripper name. He's really good at fantasy, apparently, as well. <laughs> Olataga, Carl, Tafeha, Speckenberg, Lotongi. He's actually a really good – I've chatted to him before. He's a really good, nice fella, actually. In, he comes with a lot of raps as well in terms of his fantasy pedigree. So his question is, my boys, my centers are killing me. Thoughts on going premium and paying for a, a gun like Lomax, Best, or Gagai, or are we looking to set and forget? We'll all do it, but Andy, why don't you jump in first? Yeah, there's you can sort of go pros and cons for either, can't you? Like, yeah, have, uh, having Lomax, Best, or Gagai, I'd probably pick Lomax, considering he's goal kicker, and he still has plenty of errors in him, but he's, his defensive game's on point at the moment. Um, but then also you could go the, the cheap centers because there's not many centers available. You can go the Hampton bird Avarillo if you waited, <laughs> should have waited, but he's still 380 K, which is, um, similar to Hampton. So you could about punt on those two, or you could go the one set and forget. Well, I was looking at Momo for a set and forget, but mm. I might have to trade him to one of these other guns, um, with the low max or best. Yeah, for sure. Now, I've got Brian Kelly, who hasn't really performed that well. He's only been back for a couple of weeks. Momo's now suspended, and then I'm probably picking up Peach as kind of my backup. But as you mentioned, I don't think you can really spend too much in the center, especially when you think someone like Lomax is averaging 46, and realistically, I think 60 is his highest score, and he scored two tries that night. So his ceiling compared to the, the wing fullbacks, I think, is much, much lower. His price is still pretty expensive. If you're going to put an alternative, probably better off Jack Bird and... Unfortunately, Gagai, as we did mention at the top of the show, is back on the centres. Rapana, we picked him out, and he hasn't had a great couple of weeks, but I still think 
he will perform over time. But the way I see it, I think have one good centre and one kind of mid-range centre. Corby? Yeah, my most hated position. I think it's everyone's most hated position. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I can't knock him on the uh, the strategy. Um, but, yeah, even with the guns, it's already been mentioned, they still have those yo-yo scores. Peachy would probably be my pick of all the centres to go there. Um, and Cheapies may be the Chris from the Raiders. Yeah. Like, I reckon he'll keep Simonson out because he's just the, – the, that one play that he where he kicked – and then chase his own kick down and then first there to make yeah, the tackle. Yeah. That was just a all effort sort of play. And I think Ricky would have frothed on that. Uh, and Crichton's another one who's lost a bit of money at fullback and got the duel. So well, not that it matters too much here because he's always centre, but he could be another one because he actually scores better at centre. Mm, for sure. All right, next question. Wayne Stevens, Andy, he asks, is Corey Oates a good trade-in? Well, look, it looks promising, hey, because, look, the last couple of years, he's been on a bit of a decline, and it looks like it just it coincided with the Broncos' decline, mm. and he just didn't look like he was there to play. Um, but I honestly think, watch his last game, he had 17 runs with 164 metres, first game back, um, and I think he's overplaying with Reggie's. <laughs> he had that run where he wanted to play edge, when he didn't want to play on the wing, but I think now he just wants to actually play first grade instead of Reggie's. So yeah. uh, he could be a handy pickup, especially at 322K. I, I picked him up in draft because 39 points in the first game back, um, it's, it's pretty good. And you know he does lo- love crossing that white line. He actually could make my multi this week. Yeah, he saved a couple of tries last week as well. And, and I like the kind of the one-two punch with him and Coates. Two big wingers bringing the ball back, and that really helps Suzarko as well. So I think you might be onto something. I think that's a good pickup in draft, actually, Andy. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. I need him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do you tonight. Now, next question, Campbell Connor. And we'll have a little crack at this one. Best cash down and also cash cow options. Corpse, why don't you kick us off? Cash cows, I think um, Hampton and Curran. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Two that I'm sort of looking at, maybe bringing in this week. This week, I, I, I know I keep saying I've got to hold off trades, and then I <laughs> pull the trigger too late. Uh, downgrades. The two that I've sort of looked at is um, Jake Dubovic. He's lost a hundred k, and with his brother back in the team, he might find a bit of form back. And uh, he, he's usually pretty good at linking up in the middle there yep. when they're all firing. Uh, and Crichton is another one who's lost seventy k. So they're maybes. Um, the other two big ones to look out for are Haas and Grant yeah. um, that could continue dropping. Yeah, Grant definitely, especially at the end of origin period for sure. Now, Jake Simpkins still cheap, so I think you have to get on if you've got a trade and you can do it. Sam Walker's mm-hmm. still cheap too, and they're going to get into a, a much better run as well. Sam Verrills, as we spoke about at the top of the show, he's definitely a cheapie. Yeah. Sean Bloor's back next week, so there's still food for thought. We've given, I just gave you four. Corby gave you three or four as well. And then my mid-range sort of guy is probably Matty Lodge I'm looking at. And I really like the fact that he's yeah. around 17. If he can keep that fitness up, hopefully stay away from those hamstring injuries. I think, yeah, he's my guy that I'm going to be looking there. Any others there, Andy? Uh, you've done your cash cows, pretty much not named all of them. But my cash downs, I've got a couple you didn't mention. Okay. I think Tur- Turpin at 640K, mm-hmm. uh, he's made 107. Uh, he think could be a sell with Levi on the bench. I think the number one cash down would be Chad Townsend. Yeah, SJ for sure. coming back. SJ coming 668K. Back. He's made 228K for those who picked him up early. So uh, those two, Little, 515, drop down. He made 215K, possibly even Armel, which is uh, he made 151K. He's at 511. Yep. And Alvaro doesn't seem to be getting any more minutes than he's getting now. So he's at 461 and he's made 165K. So there are some good cash down options. Yeah. And probably we should probably mention Jacob Little. Doesn't look like he's coming back into the team anytime soon. So it's a definite self signal. And then yep. maybe Jordan Ricky as well. Even though, just depending, TPJ looked outstanding on that edge. So I don't think he's going to get his spot anytime soon. He looked good off the bench too. So he looked energetic. So moving on, next one, Andy, Diego Gonzalez. What a name. I like that one. Who should I get for Latrell Mitchell if he's suspended? If I have Tom Turbo. So I think he's saying he's already got Tom Turbo. Mm, Diego, I've got three options. Um, So all are pretty much like for like whether you spend 20 grand or save 20 grand. Mm. I mean, number one would be, uh, so number one would be RTS. He's, a, he's 680K yeah. and he's fancy points, uh, a 56 average. 
um, good option. He's been playing some great football and like his last season, he's, he's, he's bound to keep it up. Um, the second would be Adam Dewey. He's yeah. 619K and his fantasy points is 52.8 average and he's been the most dominant half at the Tigers. So uh, look, with um, the recent signings of Hastings, maybe it might light a fire and Brooks has asked, but I don't see it. He's had seven years there, so hasn't really done it. So I think it's Dewey's team now. Yeah, 1% ownership last, too, Andy. I really like that. 1%, you were saying that, yeah. And my last one, um, I think surely the boys will pr- appreciate this one. Gutho. <laughs> he's 660K. He's only by 6%, but mate, he's just he's just delivering. He, he just loves to support play try. His average is 53.2 fans. No, 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 no. If we, I'll bring it up. If we go back, I believe BTK made a bet. Uh, if he didn't, if he averaged over or under fifty points by a certain time, and he's well and well and above clear that, so um, <laughs> I'll bring that bet up. <laughs> About time you won something. Next question, boys, is I am Adrash Martha. That's a good one as well. Thoughts on Turbo and Jack Bird trading for Ricky and Moylan. Remus doesn't seem to be doing it in the centres. This is for you, Corby. <laughs> yeah. How- Geez, I can't talk you out of those trades. Ricky and Moylan are sells either way, I think, with SJ on the bench. Um, and they're massive in those two. So, yeah, click the button already. <laughs> uh, the, the, Remus, the Remus in the centres, he hasn't. I, I, I really want to see him on the wing. And I thought Brenko Lee um, was going to push his way back in. But I think... Uh, Bellamy's just, you know, don't ruin the winning formula and making him bide his time. But yeah, I really want to see how Remus performs on the wing. Yeah, I agree. I'm holding him. I agree. Next question is Hayden Navini. He wants to know, who should I trade in for Taki Haho? I've got two options. First one, Tavita Pangai Jr. He's a little bit more pricey, so he's probably going to cost you about 40 grand more. So hopefully you've got some cash in the bank. Back on the right edge, playing 80 minutes, ownership's under 4%. First five rounds, he only averaged 44 minutes. So last week's big performance against Penrith definitely put him on the radar. The other guy is Jazz Tavaga, which will cost you less at 598k. Has only an ownership of 1%. Getting getting his minutes last two games. Probably just wait for one more game just to make sure he gets that 50-50 five minutes because his PPM is outstanding at 1.08. So if he gets those 50 minutes plus, he will score for you every week. So two options for you there. Next question is Adam Middleton is Takiyo Sell. Who are the best options? I think I've just answered that one as well. So he was looking at Tavaga. So yes, Adam, just maybe wait one more week, especially if Takiyo plays on Anzac Day. Next question, the birdie one. This is for you, Corbs. Why did Manly suddenly go so good versus the Titans when Tommy re- Tommy <laughs> Turbo returned? We we sort of touched on this. I think we we said they were going to be heaps better. You. Compared him, I think he likened him to Jordan, which was pretty he did. big. He did, but look, uh, he's, he's maybe not maybe not that big yet. Jordan's level, but confidence is huge in sport. Like without being an expert, but each player seemed to make a lot more of those extra efforts, uh, knowing it could be the difference in the long run. Like previous weeks, they just weren't pushing up in with like with the attack and the line speed. Um, the the markers were just really pushing out and filling in the gaps. So, they do their part and they know they've got the strike of Tommy um, to sort of complete their team's success. So, yeah, the psychology of sport is huge these days. I think most clubs usually have a psychologist on the books. Mm, for sure. I think we need one as well. But, but It goes to show with, <laughs> with home and away games as well. Like even just if you're playing it, you're playing the same game and at home you've got a better record than away. There's that same psychology there. All right, just to play off that one, Jose Smith asked Corbs, do you think Tommy Turbo will then continue to perform in fantasy every week or was last week just a one-off? It's hard to replicate that game week in, week out. But if he's injury-free, he seems to be pretty unique that he can perform every week. On the flip side, though, top four teams will see what a difference he made and they're really going to develop a game plan to limit his impact as much as possible. Yeah, totally. Uh, so still hard to do against great players. Um, yeah, with Papi and Latrell gone, I'm looking at him very closely. Mm. Now, next question, AJ Blythe. He says, if Momorowski gets suspended, so he is suspended, is he a sell, boys? 
Next part of it is Edwards not coming far back. He's actually on the extended bench. Crichton will move back to the centres, and Burden has been killing it. Not to mention Naden may perform in Ab- Momo's absence, if not for past indiscretions. He might have been first choice anyway. Interesting today that in their 21 boys that Brent Nader didn't even get named. So I think even though it does does give some job security to, to Momorowski, that the fact that they don't name the next best centre in the actual squad. But realistically, at three weeks, what are we thinking, boys, here? Three weeks, is that – have we got more problems than Momorowski to deal with at the moment? Is that why we're keeping him? Uh, he's not a keep for me, he, uh, mainly because I've got issues elsewhere that I need to punt him to get another soon. I didn't get have center cover, mm. but I, I don't. I don't think Naden is a like you said. He's not in, and that, uh, with Edwards possibly coming back this week, Edwards slots into fullback. Crichton slots into center. Burton stays in the centers, which until uh, Momo comes back. So I don't think Momo's um, unsafe when he comes back. It's just more or less I need to sell him to, yeah. <laughs> to field a team. Now, Corbs, you're a holder in both draft and fantasy, but realistically in draft you have to hold. But what's your kind of thoughts on the classic side of things? Yeah, I just think I've got bigger issues elsewhere, so <laughs> I'm going to have to maybe hold him. I've, I've got Remus Smith there who I think can plug if he can just have a couple of good games there for the Storm, get some good attacking stats. Mm. Um, his base is sitting around that low to mid-20s. Then I, yeah, I might... I just need him to fill the spot yeah. for three weeks. Um, that next man up mentality in my team. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right, next question. James Sparrow asks, is Latrell Mitchell a sell pending judiciary? Now, he can get cleary, but depends on trading Mitchell for Turbo. Andy, would you trade Mitchell for Turbo? Oh, I, I, I will probably keep Mitchell. I'll get Turbo another way. Yeah. Um, how, how long does he say he's going to be out? Well, we don't know three. yet because Mitchell is still in judiciary. So, if it's three weeks, it's probably a sell. If it's anything less, I'll probably keep him. Yep. Um, I'll be probably be. I'll actually probably be bringing Turbo this week. I've just realised I could fit him in with the, the plays I can drop. So he might be in for me. But look, me any any with the revolving around the Cleary talk is I should be out of it because. <laughs> I'm, there's so much regret coming from not getting him in. I'm, oh, it's hurting so much. So yeah, if he can yeah. get Cleary without trading Turbo for Mitchell, then do that because I can't. You've got to join the Facebook group. But moving on, Nick Grace and Ashley Chilwins, they want to know, is AJ Brimson worth holding? Had him since the start of the season and he's lost way too much money. Will his scores improve? Uh, I've put a sell on him for the last few weeks. So I think you've got to sell him now. Realistically, he's yet to hit a fifty in six games, so he's not. He's got his buy signal. So drop him now. His buy signal is only going to be when he hits fifty consecutively in maybe three or four games. Just right now, coming back from that foot injury, he's just a long way off. So I think just sell him for now. You're going to keep losing money. So that's an easy one. Next question is for you, Corbs. Is Elric George? He wants to know: Is it actually worth getting in Cleary now, knowing his price will fall? Well, that's just assuming. He could go to two million, unless he scores 120 every week. I can't see his price going any higher. I think we can see him scoring 120 every week. Oh, sure. Also, Andy, there's a supporter group for the non-Cleary owners. Yeah, I'll probably be joining that as soon as we finish this pod. I'm not gonna lie to you. But yeah, Corbs, just, I just need someone to talk to. That's all. <laughs> Corbs, what's your thought on him continuing this this 100 streak? What about the difference? In TK from buying him in one week <laughs> to you two weeks ago, you were hating him, hoping you get a cork and go off early, and now you're laughing about his unicorn points, saying he'll hit the two <laughs> mil with me. His cha- his tune changed quicker than a dragon's fan. I can oh, say that. <laughs> it was a pretty good week to jump on him. Um, yeah, well, he's got a break over forty nine, so he's going to make more money um, as a non owner. I would stay, say, yeah, you still got to get him in because he's just that easy captain choice. He's already made 137K. When he started out at 970K, who would have thought that? Uh, he, he won't score the 120-plus each week, but I have him hovering. Yes, you say that, but he still will. I'm, I have him hovering around that 90-plus um, average, and that's simply to the fact uh, due to the fact that he, he gets the unicorn points. They're yeah, so that's good. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. Now we'll bring Shooter in. Hey, brothers, a Shooter here. Um, 
my question for this week is with Latrell and Momo uh, apparently going to be out, well, presumably, um, do I take Toho and Ramian or do I take Ponga and play Hampton and hold um, Momo in the emergencies till he's back, presuming he gets about two weeks? Um, it's good all these injuries just feed my trading habit. <laughs> you've got a problem, Shooter. You and your trading habit, you've just, I think you need a psychologist like us three. But I'm just going to say you're going to have to go Ponga. I'll say po- take Ponga and play Hampton and hold Momo only because Ramian, I'm scared a little bit. He was a little bit off when SJ came back. SJ likes that short ball to Nakora. He also likes that long ball to his winger, who last year was Katoa. So I would say just avoid Ramian for the time being, mate. Go to play with Ponga, and Hampton's playing pretty good, and you've got no real choice. Hold your trade. Stop being silly. So, But thank you all the way from New Zealand. Really love you, <laughs> Shooter. Appreciate it. Next question, boys, is uh, P.S. Jimmy Jensen. He wants to know, with fantasy-relevant players getting dropped, benched, injured, and now suspended on mass, which he means Ricky Milford, Little, Tino, Mitchell, to name a few. What's the balance between trading the ball and holding trades? I'm going through way more trades than I intended to start the season. <laughs> All right, cool. So why don't you kick us off? Yeah, join the club. I think everyone's in this boat. I, I, I think you've got to just put a number of weeks on it. I'm, I think I'm going to go three. If it's more than three, you're definitely gone. And that's annoying because we could have everyone. Like Momo's already at three, so it's that awkward amount of time. Uh if they're a lot of money, though, if they're a big amount of money, you can't. I don't think you can just let them sit on the bench mm. um, because it's essentially just points and your overall score that's losing out. I've got blokes like Hoy that aren't a massive amount of money that weren't necess- like this, that like yeah weren't essential. Couldn't get that word out. <laughs> um, but he's good though because if you have one of them, they just serve as that loop. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the sort of the way I go. About that three weeks, if they're more. Yeah, of. totally agree on that. Three weeks for me, six hundred k as well. I put a bit of a price limit on there, and yeah, I've got Guzlowski, who I'm not going to trade out because literally I'm not going to use that twenty first player anyway. So, like you said, it's a good little loopy. So I've joined the club in, mate. What have I? What's happened to me the last two weeks? You've Cleary and Loopy. Jesus Christ, I've lost the plot. Andy, anything to add to one? Or have we covered? That um, one? yeah, I guess you just got to look at the job security. If they're gonna. If they're going to sell, lose your cash, like Ricky's a bit of a person that he might lose you a bit of cash, so you probably want to punt him before instead of keeping him because mm. he's sort of going to get low, low minutes on the bench and he's going to drop. Whereas a, a little who, whose job security is much gone <laughs> with Simpkin playing so well, yeah, uh, he's a he's a you, like you said you could keep him as a whole, but he's five hundred and fifteen k, so he's better off just trading him. So, yeah. And like with Milford and and uh, Mitchell. Yeah, I think it depends on your trades. Yeah. And if you've got faith in Milford coming back, which I don't, he's yeah. more of a sell as well. Totally agree. Moves on. Breezen, he asks, what are your thoughts on Tui Kamakamika? I actually like him. Having a look even closer today, 518K. He's got that round 17 buy with the Storm. He's got a PPM of 0.88. He's averaging 46 this year, boys. Started the last four games at lock forward, and he's getting 53 minutes in a stacked pack. You think origin-wise, Christian Welsh is going to be gone. Harry Grant's going to be gone, which means Cheese won't play hooker. Felice Kafusi's going to be gone. I know Dalfa Ganukin's back on the bench, but even he could go to origin as well. If he's already playing 53 minutes in a stacked pack, just imagine during that origin period, he's currently at 518K, so he's kind of flying under the radar. I think this boy might be someone to really, really consider coming up, especially if you need a middle. I'm liking him, boys. Yeah, I remember a Welchie, Welchie uh, talking about him in our pre-season pods, and he was really talking really highly of him. And basically, he's got like a it's a massive motor. Um, he look, if he if he can get, like, it's just about the case of just he's in the team. Like uh, Tino did it last year. I think he came in off the bench, and then he just cemented a spot because mm. he was that good off um, off the impact. So, so he could be that next player who just sort of cements that. Once he's in there, you just can't get him out. Especially if we have to replace Christian Walsh during that, that period. I think I'm going to give him a couple more weeks. If he gets another couple of 50s, I'm going to seriously consider him. But next question, Andy, Jeff Mapu, he wants he just joining the club. I'm so sick of James Roberts. 
looking at trading him. And Linu, Spencer Linu from Penrith, to Jack Bird and also your boyfriend, Joshy Cunn. <laughs> Mate, oh, oh, I absolutely love this trade, eh? <laughs> so, yeah, like, there's, there's no point looking at this anymore. Like, just go for it. Yeah, James Rhodes Roberts is done. And Leano, Leano has sort of hit his peak with, with these minutes he's getting. Yeah, Bird to Curran. Yeah, p- yes, please. If we, come, if we come to your house, is there like a poster of Josh Curran in your bedroom? Uh, not yet, but there probably will be. Um, <laughs> Put him on, not on the walls, just put him on the roof. When I'm laying down, I'm just looking directly into his eyes. Wow, this is... And, and that and that headgear with nothing else on. <laughs> this psychologist, we really need this quick, fast. Now, Corbs, let's just get a little bit of power Yeah, Corby, Reed Money, is he a must-have hooker now? Or will we wait until we see a bottomed-out Harry Grant, Damien Cook, or Appy Corosau? Well, if you're listening, Adam... Um, don't captain him this week because I don't think he'll have a good week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he surprised me. I, I didn't think he was going to sort of do this well, but he's well above the main pack, him and Braley. Um, I want to know how he goes after another month because Para are really on top of their game at the moment. They've had two tough games and he hit two fifties, but then all his other games he's been huge and he's, Got a few tries in there as well. Grant and Cook bottomed out interests me probably more, mm. um, but he could be the case of that player that you just sit back and go, he won't keep doing it, he won't keep doing it, and he does because he's even bought in like 40 20s. He's, he missed a couple just the other day, and yeah, his overall game is ridiculous. Like he, he, his attacking this year has been the, the big one that's got him the extra points. His defense has always been pretty solid. He, he did have a 51 average last year, so that's probably the thing that's sort of just making me hesitant into yeah. saying he's a must-have. But, yeah, so far he's proven me wrong. Yeah, nice question. That was from Brenton uh, Vickery. So. Isn't, it, isn't it amazing how much uh, just bench hookers if all the like, sort of players that can take your spot would just light that fire in your belly? Yeah, like for he, sure. He, he dropped off the end of last season because of the 80-minute factor, but, yeah, he's just come to another level now. Definitely agree. Now, Andy, Cody Storm, Strom, sorry. I have both Momo and Latrell, but I only think of holding Momo due to not too many good centres going around. If Latrell is found guilty, is he worth a trade? He wants to downgrade Little to Hampton for cover and also upgrade Latrell to Ponga. Mm, it is. It's like you said, it's only if you've got trades up your sleeve. Um, Hampton has a break even of minus four, so I like that trade. Yep. Uh, and he and he's playing out of his skin. Um, the downgrade little to Hampton, upgrade the shoulder Ponga. I also like that as well. Um, picks up Ponga and he's killed it for me. So um, Ponga, what's he? Eight hundred and uh, I think eight hundred twenty k. So if you if you got money in the bank, yeah, go for it. But it's gonna be hard. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like Hampton and I like Ponga. So if you can do that, then then shoot for it. Andy and his headgear, man. He's just, he falls in love with the headgear, boys. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is, though. Maybe it's still... <laughs> Next question. It's one of our favourite ones. Is Tommy Turbo feeling like a trap? Trap city bitch. Trap, trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. Trap, trap city bitch. Trap city bitch. Trap, trap city bitch. Well, I guess he's always going to be a trap, right, boys? Until he actually plays a season, <laughs> he's always going to be a trap, so... But really, if you haven't yet, refer to Physio Phil's great analysis from Sunday night. And I don't think he's a trap, but it's just cautious. You just got to be cautious. Like, especially if you don't need to do it, don't do it. Like, that's when you're getting trappy, when you just like shooter and just doing trades for the sake of it. If you don't need to trade this week, don't do it. <laughs> you Surely, you do it. If you've got like a, a trade addiction, have your team and then have a burner team that you just trade players for. Just, yeah, just have a trap city team. Just call it Trap City. <laughs> but yeah, you gave a really good one with Adam Dewey. If you feel that Tommy Turbo is a trap, go for Adam Dewey. He's durable. He's at one percent ownership. He does a stack of kicking, and he's going to—he's on average of fifty-three at the moment. So if you feel that cautious, just go for Adam. It's, it's an easy one. All right, next one, Andy Kai Woods. He wants to know: Should I trade? This is kind of the same. You've already answered this one. Is a trade Latrell for Turbo? Pretty much. You just answered. Oh well. It's it's either Ponga or Turbo. So the thing is, 
Ponga is 319k more expensive than Turbs. Yeah. Both have pretty big ceilings, but just the consistency for Ponga is better. 2019, he scored 49 points. 2020, he scored an average of 58 points. Mm. And 2000, sorry, 2021 was 80 points this year at the moment. And with Turbo, <laughs> 2019 was 46. Yeah. 2020, average of 39. He's a one game for 67. So if you can afford it, Pong will be the go. Yeah, I agree. Now, next one is Mike Willett. He wants to know, is it worth targeting a round 17 gun like Harris now or going for a round 13 like Haas or Papa Lee? Well, Papa Lee, actually, Paramount's got to buy in round 17. So that one's a little bit different. But I know exactly what you're saying. I think, like uh, Corb said, I think Tor Harris, just that consistency, currently averaging 65. He's got a low of 61 and a high of 82. So... He's trending so well, and with that jewel, it's a really biasing. His PPM of 0.87, he's the best forward in their team, and I think that out of those three guys, as Corbs mentioned at the top of the show, Haas is just struggling in his game and his minutes. Papali is really good, but it's just kind of one of those things that he's so good that I think they need to keep Lane because Lane won't be able to play off the bench in the middle as Papali he will. So I think Paris' strength is him going back to the bench because he can cover everything. So, but at the same time, he might not hit those minutes that he needs to hit those high scores. But of those three, I'll probably put Harris first and then the other two. Three good picks, but definitely Harris, in my mind, is the number one out of those three. Now, second last question, Corby, is Damian Cook a sell? No, I don't think so. An average of 58 and a half isn't worth selling. Also, then, if you, if you sell, you're just accepting the loss of 84K. He's a proven gun. He's in a good side. He'll come good. Mm, totally agree. I don't think much more needs to be said on that one. So, boys, I held the big one out just till the end, and that was Charlie Walters, and he has a strategy questions around how many players do we want to be playing around the round 13 by, and then also had just a bit of a follow-up, which probably can be added to this as well. And so he'll, he asked Parkett, sorry, so he'll Parkett, he asked, to what extent should we be taking Origin into account with trades over the next few weeks, which kind of both tie into each other. Now, with the Origin, because I've been making a fair few trades lately only because of necessity, but I really have been taking into account, boys, the round 17 buy and also the Origin period. So, you know, we just did talk about Torhu Harris and yeah, another good one that we also mentioned was RTS. And I think... In the lead up to, because they've got a buy in round 13, I think once round 13 happens, realistically, I think they're two players that we can hold into the back end of the season and we want into our team. So they're two priorities that I'll definitely be making once they finish their buy and maybe even one of them into the actual buy. But for me, they take premium because they won't be playing Origin. And that's the, that's the other thing that people don't realise that there is buy weeks, but just having a look at after round the first Origin boys, so after the first Origin, on the Thursday, Manly play the Cowboys and the Sharks play Penrith. So if you're a holder of Nathan Cleary, there's a good chance he doesn't play that Friday game. That's two days after an Origin game. So it's not just about round 13 and 17. It's also planning around the games after round... Origin 2 is a standalone game, which is great. But then again, in round... Uh, sorry, game three, the Friday nights is Titans versus Eels, which is David Feeder and a host of Eels players. And then maybe Tommy Turbo against a couple of the Dragons boys as well. So there's a whole heap of different things we need to consider, not just they have a buy. Thoughts? Yeah, you're saying there's a couple of Dragons boys in line for Origin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lomax surely gets a start. Yeah, Get surely. an actual specialised centre um, in the Blues. I, I think as many as possible, though. Like if, if you can get that 12 or 13, you'd be laughing. I think that would be a great number to sort of look at. Yeah, carnage with the trades and injuries. I thought it'd be bad. I didn't know it'd be this bad. Like, mm. what are we six rounds in? And yeah, it's just absolute chaos. But big time now. I think now you've. It, when we talked to was it Ben about what he did? He said around the round six, he started to think a little bit more seriously. Like, mm. I actually did write down the other day, TK, the games um, in and around Origin period, and I, I noticed that like. Two or three days after an Origin game for games one and three, there's no way teams are going to risk it. Like they'll get rested for sure. Mm. So I, I think you've got to definitely start thinking that way now. Yeah, for sure. And the maths as well. I did a few maths things. It's impossible to have a 17 scoring plays in both round 17 and round 13. 
So you have yeah, to, you were saying that you have to come to realization that you probably have to play with thirteen, fourteen in one of the rounds for sure. Well, with that stat, is it also like uh, would you sort of would you risk more playing short in round thirteen by so you, when you're playing full strength towards your seventeen, then that way you're sort of you're looking you're playing more end game mm. instead of actually being depleted in round thirteen or. Would you, would you nearly boys go as strong as you can in round 13? Because then it's kind of – there's more certainty around what might happen to, compared to round 17. The, the where, first one. Yeah. Mm. It might be a lot more certainty around it. Because, like, between round 13 – because you're going to get extra two trades in round 17. So between round 13 and 17, you can only pick up another 10 players. So 10 trades that you can use. So even if you went a full 17, that means on the flip side – you would only have four players, so you'll be playing with 14 max in the round 17, and that's even hoping that hoping they get rested. <laughs> injuries and restings. But from what I've just been speaking to a few of the guys just online that have gone through this quite a bit, they say, do not trade out your premium guns. That's the number one rule. So we're all holding kind of Nathan Cleary and David Feeder, just two that ring to mind, and they're saying you've got to hold them all the way through because you're just going to be wasting trades trying to bring them back in. Yeah. Yeah, no, no I, I think that agree. I, I think you're onto something, both of you, in that you probably need to target one or the other, and you're making a bit of sense, TK, that you maybe target the, the, first, the one. first one because, yeah, like you said, you're sort of relying on are they going to rest players and whatnot in the in the second one, aren't you? Mm, definitely. That's, that was kind of going around Twitter as well. The Fantasy Amateur Boys were talking about it today as well. I think that's what they said as well, so I have to – Check with them. I think they were saying target that first one. But after it, double it, check, it's really easy to just sort of get short sighted and sort of just play and trade for your next round because you you're putting out spot fires. But if you can sort of uh, build up some players who are actually playing in the first round, like and use that as your decisions to who, pick who you're picking in. Then yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah. a that's the end game. Yeah. And- and also, just with the round 17 buyers, if you want to target that first week, I just made a list. Paramount have got some good ones. Mitchell Moses and Ryan Madison probably won't be playing Origin. Storm, Jerome Hughes, and also Tui. Titans, Jamal Fogarty, Tyrone Peachy. Tigers are great. Luciana Lealua, Alex Twal, Stefano, your boy, Bloor. Penrith, James Fisher-Harris, your boy, Andy. Dragons, Andrew McCulloch. And then the Broncos, TPJ and Lodge. So if you want to stack and try to... Get something really good into round thirteen. I think there's there's plenty of potential there, and Adam Dewey yeah. as well. Sorry, I mentioned forgot to mention that as well with the Tigers. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I I think that's the way to go. But yeah, I I think he's right though. You got to start thinking about it now if you if you want to give it a good crack at the overall. Definitely. Mm. Well, boys, we wrapped through plenty of questions there. So yeah, thank you to everyone that did send in a question. We'll obviously be doing this on a weekly basis, but if you do want to be actually part of the show and be played on the show, just hit the hotline on 02-8405-7947 and we'll put you on there. All right, gents, thanks for your company. We'll be back for Punters Club and a few other little fantasy things tomorrow. Lovely. All right, guys. Good luck, listeners. <laughs>